Hey guys, welcome to episode 52 of the 1023 Still Shop Talk podcast. Today we're going to talk about vans, buses, custom tuning, and injector cores. Well, cores, cores in general, just uh, automotive parts cores, especially in the performance world. Before that though, let's talk about our website, 1023diesel.com. If you're looking for parts for your 7.3 Power Stroke, we have most of the parts that you would want for any type of reasonable build on these trucks. And we have access to everything, literally everything you could you could want. Um, we just limit it to things that are mostly reasonable for most people. If you're looking for advice on your build, you can go to our website, 1023diesel.com, and go to the Plan Your Build tab. And you can schedule a time to talk with us, spend 30, 40 minutes talking over your build, your goals, and what you want from the truck. And we'll figure out a good plan for uh, really any goal. So one of the questions we've gotten asked a lot on YouTube, and I'll start with this. I apologize. There's no video today, guys. Uh, My camera, uh, I assume anyway, I think it's the HDMI cable for my camera, as you would have seen from episode 51. Um, The camera kept shutting off. I think it's the HDMI cable that failed. Hopefully not the port on the camera. I don't know yet, but I have a new, I have a new cable on the way. It's a Alaska problems. It should be here soon. I really hope. And then we can go back to doing video, but this is just audio. But one of the questions I've seen come up a lot is, uh, is guys with, uh, vans and the unique problems around them. And so I guess I'll address a couple of them here at once. Uh, what the limitations on vans are, and I'm, I'm going to say vans specifically. <clears throat> so it's going to be, you know, box vans or just any E-series, 7.3 Power Stroke. You're limited by uh, first air. So we can only make so much power that's going to be usable. And we've talked about this, but usable power uh, in my terms is power that we can sustain without uh, temperature issues. So exhaust gas temperature issues or uh, engine oil temperature or engine coolant temperature issues. And one of the, the, the really isn't room to put an intercooler on these trucks. So a uh, air to air cooler for the charge air system. And you know, one little thing, you know, I have a lot of guys that ask me about boost pressure. So they, do I need a boost pressure gauge? Is it important? Um, I, or, or they come to me saying like that it is important and that's one of the things they really want. And I would argue that boost pressure is, uh, it, it, it's, it's nearly useless to know what your boost pressure is. There's a few situations where it could be useful. Um, like, you know, maybe if you're down on power and you're, uh, you see that boost is lower than it was, you know, typically if you, if you knew what it used to be in that situation, uh, it could indicate like a boost leak, but, uh, that, that doesn't really answer the question because you could have a, uh, a fueling problem or a compression problem or a converter problem or something else that's attributing or contributing to that. And, uh, it, it's not like a full answer. So, uh, boost pressure is just one component of air density. You've got um, you, altitude that contributes to air density. You've got pressure. Um, your charge air cooler matters like a lot, and what the air density entering the engine is versus your you know intake, you know air temperature. Air temperature matters. Um, like there's a lot of factors that matter for air density, and 
uh, boost pressure means very, you know basically nothing. So like it's a, it's a, it's a uh, it's a bragging number, and that's about it. But but intercoolers are incredibly important for air density, and air density is what matters when it comes to making power and making power as much power as possible and keeping it cool. And so on vans on E series seven threes, when we don't really have room to install a intercooler or at least a especially a decent size intercooler. I know a couple of people have done it, but it's not like simple. Um, I would say for most people, it's not going to be possible to install an intercooler. And so we're limited to just a, you know, maybe a few turbo upgrade options or turbo modification options. And usually this is going to come down to turbo modification options. So you, you, can upgrade the turbo like a full drop and replacement, but it depends on the truck. So some of the early, early, uh, let's, I think it, what, 95, 96 is when they started making the E-series trucks, uh, or vans. They, uh, they had a OBS, you know, style up pipes. As far as I'm aware, they had OBS style plenums and spider, but the downpipe is different. I, I think the flange is the same. I, I don't remember for sure. It's been a long time since I've messed with them. But uh, the, as, as far as as far as I know, there are no exact drop-in turbo options that will work on uh, E-series vans. And the issue is that if you if you want to use a like let, let me let me put it this way. I know for sure on the later style, and I don't know exactly when it happened. I think it was around like 99. Um, the truck or the vans would swap to a uh, the same compressor housing as a late 99 Super Duty, but they had the same uh, pedestal and outlet as a um, an OBS. And so you would end up with an issue where you've got uh, like the turbo would kind of have to be like custom made with a super duty front end and an OBS back end to work. And I'm, I'm sort of pulling this out of my butt right now, to be honest, because it's been about four or five years since I've messed with this and uh, I could be completely wrong. And you guys might roast me in the comments and that's, that's okay too. If you want to roast me in the comments and correct me, I'll do some more research and we'll get back into it. But, but what I, what I really want to talk about is because there's turbo limitations and you can't just stick a late style um, turbo on these uh, E series without at least like at least putting a like a four inch style downpipe um, that you have to either make yourself or modify from a pickup. Um, you're going to be very limited on how much power you can make. On top of that, a lot of the the let's call them let's call it, say maps in the PCM weren't uh, <laughs> they weren't mapped they weren't set in the software that we use. Um, so uh, basically most people that are competent with 7.3 tuner are going to use uh, Minotaur because it is the most, um, it is the most complete uh, tuning suite for tuning 7.3s. And this is from Power Hungry Performance. It's about as good as it's going to get without just, you know, using Tuner Pro and building your own, you know, definition files a lot of the uh, a lot of the parameters, a lot of the maps, 
uh, a lot of the functions, they were not uh, defined in Minotaur. So Bill at Power Hungry didn't uh, like accurately define a lot of them. Now it can, it can like, I would say somewhat easily. It's like, it's not, it's not easy. It takes time be done with, you know, we can do that. There's been many times where we've built our own, you know, definition files. Um, you just have to dig through hex and it takes some time, but it's not, it's not simple. And a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of things are missing, put it that way. And so we're kind of limited on what we have control of. And especially for companies like us, like we've kind of had to build around like supporting the, most amount of people the best we can, not supporting everyone for any need. So like if you're building a all out drag truck and you want somebody who just wants to sit by you, you know, by your side day by day, uh, like we're, we're not the company for you because we've had to build around trying to support more people than that. And I, I would argue that like, especially at this point, most, uh, well-known tuners, out there for seven threes, they know how to use Minotaur and they sort of understand how these trucks work, but they, they like, if you told them like, here's a, here's a binary file, um, build your own definition, uh, they would have absolutely no clue. They would, they wouldn't know. Um, and so they're, they're going to be very stuck on that software, even if they're willing to, you know, take the time to, you know, day by day, sit by you and, uh, map everything the way it needs to be for your truck. Um, I, I honestly don't know of any other than build at PHP that, that actually know what happens in, uh, <laughs> on the PCM. So I'll throw that out there. Uh, either people don't know, or they built their business, you know, like us around, we're trying to, we had to make a choice at some point, what we're going to support, but we are somewhat limited on what we can do with vans. Now, when we get into school buses, that's a whole different thing. So Power, Power Hungry Performance has their, um, their Orion system, and this is for the Navistar uh, uh, like PCM and then PCM-IDM combo trucks. So your school buses, your dump trucks, whatever. And um, this is going to be for the, I think it's 90... Uh, 94 to 2007, I think. I want to say that's what it is. Um, actually, it's 98 to 2007, I think, is the Navistar trucks they'll support. But so, like, typically on pickups, we'll have the PHP Hydra, right? Of the PHP Hydra that we can, like, easily just put our binary files on. We can flash it, and it's good to go. You know, we can pre-build them. We can use Minotaur for that. Uh, the Orion software, I don't know. I've never used it. I've never used their devices. I've never used their software. It's it's just going to end up being binary files like anything else. Um, and if we wanted to get into that, I'm, I'm, it would be fairly easy to do. I'm sure it'd be a pretty easy shift. So we may look into that for the future. Um, we're kind of in a unique position, especially uh, with stuff that we've been dealing with with the EPA. I don't know what the future holds for us in 7.3 tuning. And, uh, I don't know that we're going to be looking for more avenues to try to support this, but, um, there is an option out there. It's power hungry performance and you can reach out to them. It's just uh, go to And they do have uh, the ability to flash the, uh, international trucks, 
So like I said, school buses, you know, dump trucks, flatbeds, whatever. Um, the T44Es, uh, the DT530s, DT570s, DT365s, whatever. Uh, there's uh, They do have the ability to do that. So it's probably going to be pretty expensive, but it will probably be worth it too. Like, you know, if you're used to 200 horsepower and you can make another, you know, 50 or 60 horsepower on your truck uh, for work, like that, that isn't, that isn't nothing. It's not, you know, 500 horsepower. It's not nothing. Um, I would be happy to dig more into this stuff. It's, it's not, it's, it's very difficult to figure out where to draw the line and how deep to go. Cause it, I, I feel like sometimes I maybe go like, too technical and you guys comment like i don't know what you're talking about and then i don't go deep enough and you guys say i wish you would have gone deeper so i don't know i guess we just need to do this more <laughs> and then figure out how to split the difference um, i want to make one correction then we'll talk about cores so a while back uh probably four or five episodes ago or something i had said that uh, you like when i was talking about tire sizes and gear ratios i had said um, you cannot compensate for tire size with a gear ratio. And I was very explicit about that. What I want to maybe reiterate is like, like technically, like mathematically, you can c- correct for a tire size change with a gear ratio change when it comes to like your mile, miles per hour versus shift points versus like, uh, like, like RPM your RPM versus the gear ratio, like you can actually technically correct for that. What you can't correct for in practice is the mass that comes from the tire size change. So those of you who are concerned about that statement, um, yes, I do know that you like that you technically can correct for a tire size change, um, like in height, your final ratio at the tire uh, by changing the gear ratio. Um, but you cannot in practice correct for that because of the weight um, drag from a wider tire or whatever. Like there's like those of you who would be upset about that will know all the factors I'm talking about, but there are a lot of factors that contribute more than just the size, like the height of the tire. All right. So let's talk about cores for a minute. Cause this is really important. You know, a lot, a lot of people have come to us and said that there's like, they, they don't like how expensive core charges are. And I'm going to speak specifically to like injection pumps uh, and, and injectors and turbos. Cause these are pretty common, like on the performance world where you're going to have a core charge on them. It's, 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 it's important that you send cores back for a lot of reasons. And I want to kind of break some of those down. There's a core, the core charge exists so that we can guarantee that your cores will come back. Now, if we, if we stack back a couple years, let's say like four years ago, three years ago, five years ago, whatever, it was very easy to find injector cores. I'm just going to give this as an example. It was very easy to find injector cores. There's a lot of, uh, you know, scrap yards, uh, and then warehousing solutions like LKQ or whatever, where you could find injector cores and, and injector builders could get them. And so, but the injector cores matter because it was a lot, it's a lot simpler to 
pay a core charge on your injectors, receive them back so they can go back into production. Because what happens is you send your cores back and then the builder now has a set that they can build to ship out to the next person. Now remember that when you buy your set, you're the next person to someone before you. We've gotten into a position right now, and it's going to get a lot worse. Where uh, we like it's it, we can hardly get injector cores, including injector builders. Now they're kind of keeping up for the moment. Like there's sources out there, but so many people will pay a core charge, not send their cores back, which sets the manufacturer back on being able to you know, sell a new set of injectors unless they find a new set. Um, we're getting to a point where we can't find cores. I mean, we just had, uh, we had, I think it was right around 20 sets of injectors from the last couple months where guys had not sent cores back after they paid a core charge. And, uh, and you know, I have like typically what we would do is we would buy a set of cores from a core distributor um, like OKQ and we would send them to the manufacturers to fulfill, you know, the, the obligation of sending those cores in and we can't do it because I cannot get, I cannot purchase cores anywhere without like manually, you know, posting, trying to find people who would send them in. And that, that is just a business overhead that is too much work for the time for what it is. You know, for, for a cost, you know, so something cost at that point. So, uh, and this is something that, you know, injector builders are dealing with too. A lot of delays that are coming from like injector pump, whatever builders is because we cannot get cores back. So I will, I will ask all anyone who will listen to this, please, even if you just don't care about your money, send your cores back. If there is a core on an injection or a turbo product that you buy, send the damn thing back. Because like, I'm happy for you that you were able to get what you wanted before they weren't available anymore. But it's getting to a point now where there is not going to be an option for the next people. Like, let's say a year or two down the road, if you want a different set of injectors, you need a new high-pressure oil pump, good luck finding one. Because the manufacturers that could have built it, they have nothing to build from. It's really important that you start sending your cores back. Like there's been hundreds of sets of injectors and pumps and turbos that we've dealt with over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I don't know the exact number, but definitely hundreds of people who didn't send them back. And I understand like it's sort of inconvenient to have to deal with sending them back, but like a lot of these things aren't being manufactured anymore, especially right now. The... Like the Bosch housings for high pressure oil pumps, not happening, not being made. Uh, brand new injectors from like Alliant, hardly happening, barely any being made. The only new manufacturer of injectors is Alliant. Can't can't hardly get them. Like if we don't, if you don't, if you don't keep your cores coming back, you're not going to be able to buy another set. Like I, pretty soon. Outside of all the other issues we're doing with supply, you know, supply chain problems, you're not going to be get, able to get another set. So uh, send your cores back. It is really important. 
One more thing, we'll jump off of here, guys. It is like two o'clock in the morning, and I am super tired. So I'm sorry if this is a uh, rambling a bit, but um, we have some events coming up this summer. Uh, we're going to be uh, shows. We're going to be at and we'll have our dino there uh, June fifth. So uh, what tomorrow? We're going to have an event in uh, in Wasilla. This is going to be uh, Rev Alaska. Uh, June, what, 26th and 25th and 26th, 24th, 25th, whatever that weekend is. Uh, we're going to have the Great Alaska uh, Truck Show. We're going to have a dyno there. We'll be running it all weekend. And then on July 30th and 31st, which I think is the weekend, it's the weekend that's around those dates I just mentioned. Uh, that's going to be happening. And we're going to have our dyno there for those events too. If you guys are in Alaska and you want to come by, uh, we'd love to see you. Um, you can schedule a dyno time on our website. Um, under the, uh, I think it's what services and something, um, it's on the homepage, but you can schedule a dyno time if you want to come join us there, uh, or just come hang out, take pictures. We can, we'll dyno some trucks. We'll have fun. Thanks for guys for listening. Uh, I apologize. This one rambled a bit It is super, super late and I'm really, really tired and we'll see you guys on uh, episode 53.